Announcement. The revolution will not be televised. I repeat, the hemp revolution will not be televised. Welcome to the Hemp Revolution Podcast, the global hotspot for the buzz and the cannabis. Hear the secrets of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules, innovating business, and changing history forever. Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game. Now here's your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez. What's up, guys? Sonia Gomez coming to you from Denver, Colorado on another episode of the Le- Hemp Revolution podcast, where we are t- sharing and telling the real story of cannabis from the eyes of the entrepreneurs who are pushing this incredible industry forward. As you know, it is our mission to empower you with the truth about cannabis and hemp so that we can make educated decisions about how we care for ourselves and one another, or otherwise participate in the way that this incredible industry is unfolding. Check us out at medicalsecrets.com for easy to digest information on some of our favorite products that are available on the marketplace, as well as the movers and shakers in the space who are making things happen. If you are a budding entrepreneur or business owner in the cannabis and hemp industry, we would love to hear your story. Sonia at medicalsecrets.com. And I'll be looking forward to connecting. Guys, I've brought a pretty incredible individual onto our show today. Once again, we have... um, unearthed some of the diamonds of the cannabis and CBD space. And it's always my pleasure to be able to tell their story. And today's guest is one of the owners of Vermont Pure CBD. They are a vertically integrated CBD company making artisan quality products all produced in Vermont. They are very passionate about the hemp industry, helping people and healing this planet. Here to share his wide range of knowledge um, and potentially a few well-deserved tangents is my good friend, Grant Jakubowski. How's it going? (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on the show. And yes, I will apologize in advance for any crazy tangents I go on. I tend to uh, kind of let my thoughts go where they want to go sometimes. So sometimes that leads to some pretty interesting conversations. Oh my God, you're in the perfect place for that. Um, I have done some pretty invasive research into who you guys are and you specifically, what you're up to. Why don't you give us uh, and our less fortunate listeners who have not had the pleasure to uh, um, dig into your guys' background or into your background, why don't you share a little bit about who you are and what you're up to in the cannabis craze? Yeah, so I'm lucky enough to be one of the owners at Vermont Pure CBD. I originally, out of college, I went to school down at University of Rhode Island. First of all, I grew up in Vermont. I went to high school in Vermont. I love Vermont. And after high school, I went down to college in Rhode Island where I studied horticulture. And after college, I ended up um, working at a greenhouse called Vermont Hydroponic. So they were a hydroponic greenhouse that focused on growing tomatoes. And that's where I worked for a few years after college. And then I had some interesting experiences happen towards the end of that work experience where I hired um, a lady who was not only trained in all types of different plant work, but she was also trained in something called Reiki. Yes. I was never kind of exposed to any of those types of energy practices before. I was a pretty staunch atheist growing up for my life, most of my life. And 
I was very much scientific minded and didn't really look into any of the spiritual stuff and was really kind of content in my job and my, where I was in my life. And I actually had a pretty cool synchronicity happen at the same time I hired her. My girlfriend was told that she should go try this Reiki out. So I was pretty kind of taken back by the fact that I'd never heard of this for my first 25 years of my life. And then all of a sudden I hired a girl at work who was practicing it. And my girlfriend was told from one of her friends, she should go try it. So long story short, my girlfriend had a really amazing experience. She told me I needed to try it. So I went into work and I asked the lady I worked with if she would be willing to give me a Reiki session. She gave me a session that absolutely blew my mind. I started feeling things that I've never felt before, just different energetic experiences in my body. I started to have like a full on vision. It really just blew my mind on what was capable and what she was able to do without even touching me. And that really opened up a lot of questions and kind of set me on a completely different path. And from that, I quickly ended up like leaving my job. I had already had a side job where I was going out and I was finding these different mushrooms and I was growing these different herbs and I was already selling them these different herbal tinctures at the farmer's market. And then after I quickly got blown away by this Reiki experience. I started to learn Reiki and I started to just start questioning a lot of the things that I previously believed or thought I believed. And it really kind of led me down a different bit of a path for a little while. I, um, after leaving my job, I was trying to sell these tinctures at the farmer's market. And I was really just trying to explore these questions that I kept on being exposed to and just kind of trying to follow this. Um, I don't know if you want to call it an intuition, but just trying to answer a lot of the questions and beliefs that I had kind of exposed during that session. And it just kind of led to different experiences and more synchronicities and more connections. And through this, I was selling my products at the farmer's market and <clears throat> After a little bit of selling my products at the farmer's market, I was actually, I went downtown one day and I was looking for a new tablecloth for my farmer's market table because it was just all sun faded and ratty. And I ended up getting um, exposed to this lady who had, I'd never been to her store before. I thought it was just a henna studio, but she had um, a massage table set up. And I was like, oh, you do massage in here as well? And she's like, no, actually I do this thing called Reiki. Have you ever heard of it? And I was like, kind of laughed it off, but it was pretty quickly after that, that she was offering me her retail space on main street. And she was, um, <clears throat> she was transitioning to another phase in her life where she never, she no longer needed the space. So I ended up with this store on main street and I was trying to promote Reiki and I had my herbal tinctures that I was selling, but I had also some more shelf space. So I thought one of the things that would go really well with it, and this was also a few years ago when CBD was just starting to become popular, was to add some CBD products to my space. So when I started to see all the different people that the CBD was helping and getting the personal testimonials from people, I started exploring it because I was already 
um, enthusiastic about the cannabis plant. I already had large scale farming experience. And one of the benefits of being part of the farmer's market community was I was already friends with some local organic farms. So I approached one of these farms about growing hemp together. And that was in the fall of 2018. And we decided at that point to um, get, make a serious business together and try to grow hemp the following season. So we, in 2018, we actually started selling at the farmer's market in the summer on a very low, small scale. But then in the fall of 2018, is when, or 2019, is when we really started to have the product to sell in a large scale way. So I was actually blessed by being really lucky by being friends with this person at the farmer's market. I thought he was just an organic farmer, but I had no idea that he was also um, went to Cornell for plant breeding and genetics and had tons of chemistry laboratory experience. So he was really into the whole chemistry and laboratory end of things. Nice. Also, the farm was owned by somebody who um, was a corporate lawyer from New Jersey, but he lived in Vermont and he bought the house intending to retire in Vermont. Mm -hmm. But I really didn't know about any of that stuff. I just knew he had an organic farm, but it was just this magical team that was able to fall into place where we had um, a lawyer who could keep track of all the accounting, all the insurance, and just being a part of the cannabis space in general, there's a lot of just red tape and a lot of banking and accounting and insurance issues when it comes to dealing with cannabis. Mm -hmm. So he was instrumental with kind of dealing with that whole piece of the problem. And then also having this other person who I thought was just a farmer have incredible chemistry experience and knowing all about the laboratory end of things. It really allowed us to create this magical combination of a team that could accelerate growth as a company in an incredible way. That's so cool. I have such a, my mom is a Feldenkrais therapist and I grew up around, you know, Reiki and, and all of these really incredible you know, healing modalities that are considered to be anything but traditional. Um, So I can totally relate to the transformation that you are talking about and experiencing. Um, So currently in your business, or I guess not currently, but when the COVID crisis was not a thing, you guys had a retail store where you were uh, creating and then selling um, CBD products as well as offering services like Reiki. So that was, um, I haven't been focusing on offering Reiki as much since this has really quickly become a thing that I've had, had to dedicate my entire time to, for the most part. Right. When, um, we started the company, I quickly realized that I didn't have time for Reiki. I was also teaching a meditation class to some local kids that I haven't been able to, um, do as much. I have been able to do it some here and there, but I knew pretty quickly that if I was going to make Vermont pure CBD, the thing I wanted to make it, I needed to devote my entire being to that. So I, I actually stopped even going using the store for 
um, two, three months. It was just kind of sitting there and I was just focusing my efforts at the farm. And I told the company that I was just going to let the store go or we should, I, I tried to convince them to turn it into a CBD store, which wasn't too difficult because our rent was really low and I was already selling CBD there. So they agreed that it was a good idea. And we have um, a nice little retail shop in Bridgens, Vermont, where we do sell our products, but that's really um, a very small percentage of our business. Most of our business is done online. And actually, I've been able to... I've had to pretty much teach myself a lot of these things. I'm definitely... I went to school for horticulture. I didn't go for sales or business or marketing, but I quickly had to teach myself a lot of those things. And just driving around door to door going to actual businesses trying to get shelf space has been by far the most effective way to getting our product out there because I really can talk about our company and my product and just the hemp industry in general in a really educated, passionate way that really comes across to these business owners. And it's been a really successful way to get our product out there. We're in probably over a few hundred stores now. And where online space is growing regularly, and we're, we've just become a really popular brand by organic growth. And I think it's mainly because we're producing such a high quality product. I, <clears throat> I think quality of product makes such a big difference in, you know, first of all, promoting the use of hemp and cannabis in general, like for products not to be bullshit is a pretty big advantage to the whole industry and especially the consumers. Um, hence the sarcasm in my voice. And, um, you know, so I, ha I have to be honest here in saying that like every company comes onto the podcast talking about what's so great about their products, but I always offer the opportunity, um, because when I say that the generally the people that I'm talking to are like, well, yeah, but we do A, B, C, and D, which makes ours, you know, so great. So I would love to hear from you. What, you know, what are your products? What makes your products so unique? What are you most proud of? Yeah. So again, I, I totally respect that because I go into these stores and people say the same thing as, uh, well, the last vendor just told me they're selling the best CBD. Yeah. <laughs> I totally get that everybody's kind of making these claims. And that's what's really difficult about this space is that it's completely unregulated and people can kind of just put anything on a bottle and start selling it. And the thing that I'm really passionate about is controlling the entire process and being a vertically integrated company and also being one that isn't trying to do things on such a large scale that we have to cut corners. So there's... And I think, I don't know how educated I, I can imagine that the average listener of this podcast is pretty educated when it comes to hemp in general, mm -hmm. but I think most people don't realize what a big umbrella hemp is and how many different cultivars and strains fall under the hemp definition. Mm -hmm. And we're really lucky being in Vermont. We have um, really kind regulation when it comes to the plants that we can grow. I know the USDA just made it so we have to have varieties that are 0.3% total THC now across the board. But being in Vermont, they are going to let us grow under the current ag laws, which do allow us to grow, I think it's up to 1% total THC as long as the Delta 9 is below 03 
And we think that's very important because there's, um, there's a lot of places to get your seed in genetics. And we really think that there's one company in particular that a lot of people are, has become really popular for a reason. And Oregon CBD produces really, really high quality genetics. They have a breeding program that has been going on for years now. Genetics is one of the big, I think, maybe the biggest factor when it comes to determining somebody's success in this field in a lot of, in a lot of ways. So there's so many different seeds and so many different people that are buying low quality seeds. And there was people that there was a big seed scramble last year where Oregon CBD sold out of their seeds. And a lot of people were planning on getting their seeds, but they couldn't even buy them. And as soon as they released a batch of seeds, they would sell out instantly. And there was like hacks going on where people couldn't even get through. It was like, I don't know if you're, I'm like a pretty big fan of the band fish and there's sometimes mm-hmm. some really hard tickets to get and people yeah. get tickets as soon as they go on sale on Ticketmaster and stuff. And it was, I, I luckily we already had our seeds, so we weren't in this mad scramble, but I have friends who are trying to get tickets or trying to get seeds. And it was much harder to get seeds than it was to get these crazy tickets that are already hard to get. So there was a big seed scramble where people were just kind of buying genetics from anywhere they could get them last year. And a lot of people ended up with hot seed means seed that has way too much THC in it and the, the varieties. Cause you can't tell a cannabis seed looks like a cannabis seed. You really have to trust your source that you're getting this from. And it's unregulated all the way down the line. So anybody can kind of advertise hemp seed and start selling it. And a lot of people are selling bogus hemp seed. So by sourcing really, really high quality genetics, we're able to produce a higher quality plant material. We also grow on beautiful organic Vermont farmland where we have access to all the high quality water that we want. So we can really give these plants exactly what they want and exactly what they need. So by growing really, really high quality organic plant material, we are able to let it fully mature out in our fields. Because again, we're not one of these states that has to harvest early and really be worried about that 0.3% THC. So we can get these plants to full maturity, which really allows them to express their full healing potential. And then from there, this is the step that I think really separates us from a lot of other companies. Um, Any cannabis user knows that the drying process and the smell of the flower is a huge differentiating factor when it comes to quality from one strain to another or from one batch to another. So this is one thing that I feel like is getting really kind of not talked about in the CBD industry and the hemp industry in general. So most farms are growing. Some of them are growing hundreds of acres at this point. It's getting pretty ridiculous. And what we're really passionate about is doing everything on a smaller scale. Cause in order to go hundreds of acres, you need to start going into mechanically harvesting the plant, which involves mm-hmm. big combines and, um, big dryers and really is rough on the end material. And what's interesting is 
when you're trying to extract CBD, so when people are going after an isolate, such as just CBD isolate, they're not really concerned with how fast you dry it or how many terpenes you lose in that process. So the terpenes of this plant are the smell molecules, and those are what's really volatile. And those are what you lose in the drying pot process if you add heat to it. That's why the whole low and slow thing is really popular in the, the marijuana world. Because if mm-hmm. you dry cannabis too quickly, especially under high heat, you lose all those terpenes for the most part. And cannabis that doesn't smell good, doesn't taste good, and really doesn't really have many effects. If you smoke a bag of or smoke a cannabis flower that's been dried under high heat and really rushed the process, it's going to be a completely different effect than if you took that same flower and it was dried properly. So by drying our hemp under low temp and ex- taking our time drying it, it takes like a week to 10 days to dry under the temperature and the humidity that we, we dry under. And by doing it low and slow, I think that preserves so much more of a full spectrum product in the end. And another, the other piece that I think also um, people are moving towards, but is for some reasons, I don't think the industry standard and speaking of industry standards, I, I would, if you can help me with this, this would be awesome. But I, I think the consumers and the people selling this stuff are doing a good job at actually educating people the difference between full spectrum and isolate. And now this new term called broad spectrum, which I think is good that we have those categories. But I also think that anything that has a small amount of THC in it is considered a full spectrum product. doesn't matter how crappy the hemp was that they extracted. It doesn't matter how they dried it. And if there's no terpenes left in it, as long as there's a little THC in the product, they're calling it a full spectrum product. I really don't believe that one full spectrum product is equal to another full spectrum product even if the CBD amount is equal in it and it's tested and accurately labeled. We rigorously test our stuff. We actually bought a mass spectrometer unit ourselves so we can test every step of the way and really make sure every single batch and bottle is what we say it is. And then we send out for third-party testing as well. So we spend a lot of money on testing. We spend a lot of um, money trying to source the best genetics. We dry those genetics properly. And then the last thing, the ethanol extraction, I think is the best way to produce a full spectrum product. And I know a lot of people are using CO2 or these other extraction methods, which are good, especially if you're trying to produce like a dabbable concentrate, which is why I think CO2 has become so popular because it does produce a better smokable concentrate in some ways. But if you're looking for the most full spectrum product with the best, most therapeutic effects... I think it has to be done with really high quality plant material, dried really properly, and then extracted with ethanol. And I think that is superior to all the other ways that you can cut corners along the process, whether it's growing genetics that aren't as good, not treating that genetic material as good in the growing process, and then rushing the drying process, which I think is what most people are doing because that's the big bottleneck in our industry is people have hundreds of acres and they need to get dried and embagged in a month and it's a really kind of big bottleneck in our industry that i think people are rushing and it's sacrificing a good portion of or good quality a good amount of quality of the medicine in the end 
I couldn't agree with you more. I think it, you know, the quality of the medicine going into the consumer is the quality of the medicine coming out of the ground when you're farming it. And I've been up to Vermont, um, specifically Squam Lake, where I've personally experienced the the like beauty of that lush soil up there. And I can only imagine that what you guys are pulling out of the ground is, you know second to none. I, I mean, seriously, the food coming out of Vermont and the farmland up there was was absolutely incredible. What are some of the goals that you got? Or actually, let me ask you a different question. What have been some of the key challenges that you've been up against in the face of COVID crisis? We know that there is tons and tons and tons of challenges being a CBD brand business owner um, in general, but in specific to COVID crisis, what have been some of the um, particular challenges that you guys are having to navigate um, to stay relevant right now? I mean, we're really, really lucky that we have such a on, strong online presence and we weren't just relying on wholesale because our wholesale has taken an extreme hit during this. Being somebody who is just going on the road, we, we just started working with some other sales reps and stuff who have larger connections. And hopefully we end up landing one of these bigger chains that we're, we're in talks with. But right now we've been working with pretty much all individually owned mom and pop stores. And unfortunately, a lot of these stores have had to close down during this crisis, which obviously they can't sell any product when they're closed down. And it definitely has affected that portion of our business big time. And also just the kind of uncertainty of the times that we're in. But um, another good, one good thing about being a CBD company is I feel like during this crisis, there's no better time to kind of try CBD or to experience its benefits because the whole nation right now is extremely stressed. And as far as being a small business, I'm really just extremely grateful that we're not affected on a larger scale because I have friends who are restaurant owners and I have friends who are business owners of other industries that are just, they're really, really, worried about their future. And I, I think that we're going to pull out of this. All right. And it's, I'm just trying to stay optimistic about everything, but I think everybody's been affected by this in one way or another. It's been pretty extreme, right? I mean, from the farming all the way through to the distribution of product, um, it's been pretty incredible to see the ripple effect of of this whole thing, even with cannabis and hemp being considered an essential business. Um, what what are some of the things that you have to look forward to? Have sales around the direct-to-consumer really picked up? And are you guys planning on pouring gasoline there? Or are you sort of incubating and gestating right now um, during this lull? Yeah, so we have a lot to look forward to, honestly. It's just we're we're so we're such a young company with so much promise and so much um just potential in general that we're really trying to Utilize the online space, obviously, right now, but we also are trying to make relationships with sales reps and we're getting ready for when the doors do open. And it, it's kind of nice too that this has forced us to think about things a little bit differently. Like I've started to utilize LinkedIn, I've started to kind of think about different ways. Like that's how I'm on this podcast right now is because I was like, well, I can't really go on the road and do my normal sales thing anymore. So how can I? continue to work on sales and how can I try to spread our product? So one good thing about 
being forced into a new perspective is I feel like it allows you to access different ways of thinking and different opportunities. So I I really, I think this is going to be a good thing overall. And it's allowed me to switch my perspective. And I think that it's definitely allowed us as a company to realize that something like this could happen. And it's really important that we do have a strong online direct to consumer sales network because relying on all these stores and relying on people being able to go out and buy our products in different store locations is it's something apparently we can't fully rely on (laughs) because we just like watched a lot of that evaporate really quickly. And I think having a diverse kind of network of distribution and not just relying on one person, which is what I think was, I was honestly super happy about that. We were working with so many individually owned mom and pop stores. Cause I've heard of these people working with just like one chain, like Walmart. And then all of a sudden Walmart just doesn't like, like your label or like your price anymore. And they just stop. They don't want to work with you. And all of a sudden all your sales are gone. So I think by having an organic growth situation where we have so many different stores that we're working with so many different people that are using our products. That's been our best, best selling point is just producing such a high quality product right from the beginning and always having a consistent product that we back with just the best customer care that we possibly could back it with that our customers have been our best word of mouth or best salesmen in general. So I think if we can continue to just produce a really, really high quality product and focus on producing the best quality product that we can, and then putting that out into the world with the best intention and the best kind of working pieces and customer service around that. And also just be looking for ways of evolving our company in general, either in the online space or in the wholesale space. It's just, it's been a really beautiful teacher that we can't really depend on one thing and we really have to utilize all these avenues and all these different sales networks. Are you going to be focusing more on pulling your product lines online? Um, or are you just relying on current distribution relationships to sell your product? Yeah. I mean, our online sales are definitely growing right now, which is great, but I'm really, I think that they're going to open up the country here at some point and they're going to allow reps to start going to different um, stores. And there's, there's a lot of opportunity in both spaces. And I think that we're not really focused on one or the other. We're still trying to focus on both, obviously, since we can't do as much door to door salesman wise and do as much on the wholesale end of things. We are generating a little bit more effort in the online space. But again, I think that a lot of the ways I'm using my online time is still going after wholesale accounts on LinkedIn and still trying to figure out ways of acquiring new leads, getting different sales agencies to work with us, acquiring new reps. So it's really... It's been a strategy we've kind of been working with since the beginning. We're not, we've never really put our, all of our eggs in one basket, which I'm really glad because there's a lot of people who are just growing hemp the last couple of years and they were growing it for biomass and they were doing great. But now all of a sudden biomass is really tough to make money on. So 
it's really nice to have um, a diverse portfolio where we're always coming up with new products as well. We're always kind of trying to innovate as a company. But yeah, this has definitely forced us to think about things differently. And we, we definitely want to increase our online direct-to-consumer market share because I feel like that is the most sustainable and the most just bulletproof long-term. I, I um, have been running a small boutique agency for some time now because we have the captured eye of the consumer audience. We represent a little over 1 million followers in our social channels. And, um, you know, it's so interesting to see how aggressive folks are pushing on the education initiative this year in order to, you know, sort of offset the misinformation and miseducation that happened over the last couple of years. Um, there's a lot of companies out there who are considered to be quote unquote boutique. There's even more businesses out there who are trying to determine whether or not they should or could even market online. Um, would you consider yourself, um, you know, in when you're considering, you know, the shift in sales, right, from more B2B to direct to consumer, how much would you suggest or are you considering yourself if you're open to sharing, how much are you considering to market right now, like invest into online marketing in order to push ahead of the race right now? So that's a tough thing because right now we're working with a marketing agency that uses like, um, and we just started working with them, but they've been a lot better than the previous one we were working with. But they use an algorithm that bids on different um, display ads and different ad placements. And what they're finding is everybody is kind of going pretty hard in the digital space right now and shifting all their marketing dollars to that area. But the ads are becoming more expensive. The more people that are using, that's why like Facebook, even though Facebook is a bad example because it's so hard to advertise CBD on, we've like kind of figured out some ways, but it's still, it's really tricky. But Facebook used to be a huge bargain like five years ago. If you could advertise on Facebook, you had like halfway decent advertising, you could crush it. But those algorithms aren't nearly like the more people that advertise on Facebook, the more expensive those ads get and the harder it is to push the needle. So the fact that everybody's going online right now and everybody's trying to figure out ways to create some type of attention in that space, it's, it's getting really noisy and it's getting hard to differentiate yourself sometimes. And I'm not the best person to even ask about that because I'm just learning how to best utilize the online space myself. And I know that we definitely have seen increased online sales I just don't know if um, increasing an ad- online ad budget right now is a super effective way to do so because everybody's doing that. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And we are seeing a lot more crowding online. However, you know, offering the education information and better than anything, the behind the scenes view of what's happening for the business owner is helping a lot of companies rise to the top. I'd love to ask you one final question. Um, you know, knowing what you know now and having been from where you come from, what would be one or two key pieces of advice that you would offer an entrepreneur right now that might help them get a little bit further down the road? Mm. 
That's a beautiful question. Um, see, hard to narrow it down to just one or two. This has been the best crash course in business I could have ever gotten. Like I, I've said that to a couple people recently that I feel like I business school is nothing compared to what I just got. Cause I feel like I had literally had an idea, got two or three, two other people, three other people on board and took that idea from nothing to an extremely successful company in a very short amount of time. And the amount of lessons I learned in that process were, was incredible. And I'm, I'm glad it, they weren't more expensive lessons because we've definitely had some mistakes that have cost us money, but Overall, it's been a pretty fast and painless experience for the most part. Obviously, there's there's some bumps in the road. Anybody that starts a company from nothing and creates anything that's substantial is going to experience a lot of lessons along the way. But to pick out just a couple, I would say really make sure you are so passionate about the thing that you're about to get into that you can do that thing for as many hours as required for no money at all. Cause that's literally what it took our company. We had all the business owners did not pay ourselves for the first two years. And we just started paying ourselves within the last six months or so. And it took all that. And we were working 70, 80 hours a week, just grinding. But when you're really passionate about something and you really care about something that those two years didn't feel like a grind, they were, they were really enjoyable for the most part. And I didn't even think about the fact that I was working 80 hour weeks and not getting paid. And that's really the attitude you need in order to create a successful startup. If you are an entrepreneur and you really want to get into the space or any space that requires you to go from nothing to something, man, that initial energy that's required and the amount of effort and the amount of just faith and trust in the process is incredible. And I had it looking back on it, but I'm almost glad I didn't really think about fully or no fully what was going to be involved in order to get to the point where we're at today, because I don't know if I would have done it if I was consciously aware of it. I was just so stuck in the process and so stuck in my passion and my like just faith that it was going to work that I just was just showed up every day and just went for it. But that's, that's really what's required. I think in order to like have a successful company of any kind, unless you start with a bunch of money, which we didn't, you got to grind and you got to be able to do it for very little pay and very little direct compensation in the beginning. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> it doesn't come easy. And even though like our margins are good and we made so few mistakes and things worked out so well, it's still looking back. I can't believe how much was necessary in order to make it happen and how much effort and how much, how many things had to go right and how many things we had to do in order to get to where we are, are at today. And it's just, I'm not trying to say this to deter anybody from going down the path. Cause I think that if you have the call, go for it. Just like know that it's going to be a journey and you, you got to be ready for it. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's such good, um, such good pieces of advice that you're offering there. I think the one thing that I would say to second um, what you have shared here is the, the age old piece of advice, which is measure twice, cut once, um, and really know, do your best to know what you don't know so that you can, you know, make the right decisions at the right time. Timing is really everything. And so doing your best to prepare ahead of time so that you're not left behind in the, in the moments that matter most, you know, is, is a really important piece of advice. And for those of you guys who have ever been an entrepreneur and failed, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And for those of you guys who are, you know, getting your feet wet for the first time, I uh, highly suggest that you pay heed and talk to a mentor who might under, uh, understand what I'm saying and help explain it to you. Can I add one more piece to that? Mm -hmm. I I just feel like we we really do. And I know this kind of ties back to where I started in the beginning, but we really do have some intuition inside of us. And I, I feel like I had a strong calling to be an entrepreneur from a very young age. And I really, what started me on this was just, and it's, this sounds super cliche, but really following your heart and really having faith and trust that it's going to work. I think those are the two things that I've just been doing constantly for the last three years. And there hasn't been any wavering in my faith or my trust that Vermont Pierce CBD was going to be a big thing. And it was going to be a thing that I could be really proud of. And that I think has been just as important because when you are in those days where you're grinding and things are tough and you've worked 80 hours and there's still more work to do, having that faith and that trust that it is going to be going to something that's worth it. And knowing that it's, it's all in the process is I think one of the things that'll keep you going. And some of one of the things that I think makes you able to do the thing you need to do, if you don't really trust it and you don't really have faith that it's going to work, then you're going to be stuck in doubt. You're going to be stuck in fear. You're going to be stuck in questioning and you'll never do anything because you'll just get caught up in your head and you'll just live in fear. Man, another, another ring dinger as far as good advice, my friend. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, again, I'm, I'm sorry if I went on a little too long of a tangent in the beginning. No, I love like, it. <laughs> reeled it in a little bit, but I, I do appreciate you having me on and letting me speak about my story a little bit and share whatever potential advice I could. Yeah. I mean, it's rocking advice. I would have cut you off a long time and been all right, get the hook, get them off the stage. If you weren't, if you weren't awesome. So if I'm not talking, it means I'm learning. So I love it. Um, and I really appreciate the work that you guys are doing and, and how you approach it. You know, that you, you can, I can feel definitely the spiritual energy that you bring to the table when you consider how you're going to go about doing something in your business and really value that um, as a whole as, you know, a lot of the decisions that I make are, are, you know, having to be centered in my spirituality because it needs to be, you know, aligned with my core values. And so I appreciate that vibe of energy that I'm getting from you and, and how I think you might be approaching your business in a, in a similar capacity. So much love to you and, uh, many blessings on your success. Um, 
And thank you again for spending your time with me here. And for those of you guys who are part of my Hemp Revolution community or Medical Secrets family, thank you so much for for being a part of this incredible space. I invite you now to like and share this content. Make sure that you tag five people so that we can continue to move the needle on how we think about and talk about cannabis and hemp in our families and communities. As usual, I would ask for you guys to um, check us out at medicalsecrets.com if you are looking for products that you can depend on to deliver the results you're looking for. And if you are a budding entrepreneur or business owner in this space, Sonia at medicalsecrets.com is where you can catch me. I'd love to connect and tell your story. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Sonia Gomez, and this is The Hemp Revolution. We'll see you on our next show, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode. We took notes on this episode for you, along with all the links and resources mentioned in the episode. Get them free on the show notes page here at www.medicalsecrets.com. If you love this show and our content, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you really want to help us get the message out there, please rate, review, and tell all your friends. With your help, we can continue to reach the world with our message. And until next time, we hope you join the hemp revolution. And we challenge you to dream big and love the life you live.